sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hour number two, the morning after, live right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that is SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. A ton to get to here in hour number two. A huge weekend ahead in college hoops. Tournaments all around the country in various conferences at the mid-major level. It is already March Madness for these smaller schools looking to punch a ticket and earn a berth in the NCAA tournament and the final weekend of action in the regular season at the high major level. The stretch run in the NBA. Major League Baseball is about to begin as spring training games continue. And the World Baseball Classic gets underway next week and a ton of focus in the National Football League on Indianapolis as the NFL has descended on Indy for the NFL scouting combine a focus on draft prospects but we also hear from general managers from front office executives that are speaking about their plans for this offseason in the National Football League a story out of Indy that had an update Yesterday, Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from the two-time reigning national champion Georgia Bulldogs, returned to Indianapolis after he returned to Athens, Georgia, to turn himself into police at the Athens-Clark County Police Department. It was on Wednesday morning that we got news that the Athens Police Department had issued two arrest warrants on two misdemeanor charges for reckless driving and racing for Jalen Carter for his involvement in a January 15th fatal accident that led to the death of his former teammate, Georgia's Devin Willock, and a Georgia football staffer in Chandler LaCroix. He turned himself in to police. He posted bond. A few minutes later, he was released, and he headed back to Indianapolis. Jalen Carter is a presumptive top five overall NFL draft selection. Of course, again, a reminder here, this is a very serious story that is not just reflected in his draft prospect odds as he looks to take that next step, that being Jalen Carter, to the National Football League level. But he was never going to go number one overall. More than likely, it is going to be a quarterback as the Chicago Bears look to trade that first overall selection. And Bryce Young remains the odds-on favorite. The 2021 Heisman winner out of Alabama with a minus 175 price but moving up that board to go number one overall his odds shortening by the day it seems Anthony Richardson out of the University of Florida now AR is a very intriguing draft prospect because Anthony Richardson has the athletic tools that leave you with your jaw on the floor Yet he is considered a raw talent, less than a 54% completion percentage last year in his only year as a starting quarterback for the Gators. But he can also utilize his legs to the best of them. And as you see right now, Anthony Richardson has the third shortest price to be the first quarterback selected at plus 650, but still behind Bryce Young, the odds on favorite, and Ohio State's C.J. Stroud. In my estimation, Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this rich 2023 NFL draft class at the QB position, followed closely by Ohio State's C.J. Stroud, and then a larger drop-off 
to Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or Tanner McKee from Stanford, Will Levis from Kentucky, or maybe even a healthy Hendon Hooker recovering from that ACL injury he suffered in Tennessee, second to last game at the end of 2022. Quickly, we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the second hour of the morning after live on this Friday, the first Friday in March on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. So that optimism for Anthony Richardson grows. We see this pretty much every single draft cycle. A prospect that draft evaluators and scouts look at and say, oof, we got to get us a part of that. Here are reportedly the teams that Anthony Richardson is set to meet with this week in Indianapolis. Every one of those teams, for the most part, drafting in the first half of this 2023 NFL draft. So that optimism and the hype for Anthony Richardson continues to grow. Anthony Richardson, the third shortest price to be that first quarterback selected in the 2023 NFL draft, April 27th through 29th of a couple of weeks from now in Kansas City. Quinton Johnston, a wide receiver from TCU who had a ridiculous 2022 campaign, is the favorite to be the first wide receiver selected in Indianapolis it's not just about your workouts or your 40-yard dash or your bench press metrics it's about meeting with teams even on a formal basis Tennessee drafts number 11 overall in that first round of the 2023 NFL draft they let go of Robert Woods earlier this offseason of course they traded A.J. Brown last offseason there has been a gaping hole for Tennessee at that wide receiver spot Quinton Johnston out of TCU is that favorite to be the first wide receiver selected in next month's draft. But we are getting to see the big men run in Indianapolis, the 40-yard dash, the three-cone drill, all of that yesterday for defensive linemen, 4D edges, and of course, linebackers as well in some ridiculous, ridiculous numbers like Pittsburgh's Kalijah Kansi running a 467 40-yard dash, the fastest time recorded by a defensive tackle at the NFL Combine since 2003. A note, take what they do in these workouts and the metrics and then pair them back with the actual tape from their football games on the gridiron for a full evaluation. More of the morning after is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back to the morning. Live right here on this Friday on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 1. 59. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. I am Ben Stevens. Alex Fasano joins us now live right here on TMA. Our executive producer here on the Sports Grid Network in the mornings. And Faz, it is March. It is a great feeling in the air. Madness ensues in college basketball. But Faz, even for maybe not the biggest college hoops fan or maybe somebody that doesn't pay all that much attention to the NCAA tournament, March feels like the cold weather is starting to pass by and spring is on the horizon. At least that was the hope as we hit the streets of New York earlier this week. 
Hope springs eternal on this feel-good Friday, Ben. Thank you for having me, as always. Yeah, I wonder why I'm on this segment again. Let's get on to it. Hey, Ben, March Madness. We tried to get the people excited out there on the streets. I don't I don't know. You said it. The weather might be getting at some people. I mean, I was amped to join the college football slate, you know, as the season started getting going. The season is just about to begin. Well, the real season's about to begin now in college basketball, and people just aren't as amped up. What do we got to do? Do we have to play a pickup game out in Times Square? What do we got to do to get these people excited? We're still a few days away from the end of the regular season where conference tournaments are all happening all around the country. Maybe that brings some notoriety, but still, Faz, until that bracket, the field of 68 is posted. Come Selection Sunday, I think the casuals aren't paying as much attention, but we tried to inspire that. And in a few weeks, we will go back to the streets of New York City to get the people's bracket for the 2023 NCAA tournament as well. But in the meantime, still, it's March Faz, and that's not a bad thing. There you go. Yeah, people's bracket. That'll get the people amped up once we give them a Mercer to win the Sweet 16, right? That's that's what we're looking at. No, but hey, how about You're the Gales? Come on, people. I'm, uh, Bocci, Mercer making it to the Sweet it. Mercer's making it to the NCAA <laughs> tournament, fast. <laughs> Vaji just told me to fade Citadel, so maybe we just have to ride Mercer. I don't know. I, like I said, no. I'm the casual fan here, man. I feel like the people out on the streets not getting excited, but you hanging around with me, I'm feeling the energy. I feel the energy right mm. here in the control room. So why don't we just – enough about us, all right? Let everybody just take a nice deep breath. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of Benny and the Bets. When I say what is March, what does that mean to you? Is it a month of madness? Is it a month of college basketball? We asked New Yorkers what they think of March. We hit the streets of Manhattan to find out. When I say the month of March, what does that mean to you? Uh, March Madness. St. Patty's Day. Shit weather. Like the spring weather. Very, very close to the Masters, why went the way? March. That's a different approach than I was thinking the month, but that's fine. Spring. It's almost spring. Are you excited for spring? Sure. It's still cold. Still too cold. But no no snow. Is it too cold right now? No, it's fine. I wish it meant spring. I love snow. Waiting. I'm waiting for snow. Uh, just keep walking. You're just going to keep walking? Yeah. You want me to walk with you? No, I'm all right. Thank all right. you. March. Um, warmer weather? Spring break. Spring break? Are you on spring break? No. My birthday! Oh, happy birthday! Spring? March Madness. Who are you rooting for in March Madness? I'm kidding, I don't know. March Madness, NCAA basketball. How excited are you? Scale one. I'm so excited. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, give me Creighton. Give me Creighton. Are you from Omaha? No, but I'm a big, big East fan. Happy birthday to you. Cha -cha -cha. Happy birthday, dear. Tamika. Happy birthday to you. Happiness. Happiness? How come? Some beautiful weather. And college basketball. Maybe. Yeah, of course. It's the time of the year. March is the best uh, best sports month of the year. March Madness in one word. Hope. Oh, springs eternal. Everybody's got hope. Yep. Basketball constant. We yep. got uh, we got our brackets. We do. Uh, it's coming to MSG. When I say college basketball in March, what does that mean? Oh fuck, March Madness. Who do you think is gonna win the national championship? I don't know any players. The Hofstra Pride. The Hofstra Pride? Pride After yeah. winning the Colonial Tournament? We're getting back. Speedy, Speedy's our guy. Uh, Texas. Who do you think is going to win the national championship? Also Texas? Texas. The Red People. The Red People? Yes. The Crimson Red. People. The Alabama Crimson Tide. The number two team in the country. Yes, them. Roll Tide. That's what they say. Roll Tide. You don't want to put the horns up? Fuck okay, yeah, horns up. Uh, Syracuse. 
Oh, go orange. We're not going to make it this year. Jim, retire. Sir, retire. If I put them down, would that anger you? No, not really. Yeah. Isn't like Purdue usually good? Purdue is the number five team in the country. Oh, f yeah, okay. Some people would say this is March. If I say to you, this is, you say March. This guy gets it. You get it. Yeah, I just bought a shirt actually that says March sadness, so. How come? I don't know. I thought it was cute. One, One shining, shining moment, moment, you reach for the sky. <laughs> One shining moment. Take it. <laughs> oh man, Ben, I'm I'm sorry he couldn't finish the song there for you, but but uh, that, that was a pretty entertaining episode, nevertheless. I mean, I hope the Syracuse Orange listened to you, Coach Beheim might might have to call it a career. You know, we can't all get Patino out there in New Rochelle, but hey, Jim Beheim, let's see if uh, let's see if he listens to Ben Stevens over here. Listen, tomorrow is the final game of the year at the JMA Dome in Syracuse, New York. Jim Beheim's name is on the floor. It is Jim Beheim Court inside the dome in Syracuse, New York. Jim Beheim is Syracuse basketball. Syracuse basketball is Jim Beheim. But as Harvey Dent told us, Alex Fasano, in the dark night, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Jim, do not make yourself a villain in Central New York. Tomorrow, Faz, because it is senior day, Syracuse is honoring the 2003 national championship team the only national title that Jim Beheim won Jerry McNamara one of his assistants alongside Hakeem Warwick will be honored post-game changing from halftime to after the game how apropos it would be to celebrate Jim Beheim and his accolades and all that Syracuse has done including that 2003 national championship team how appropriate it would be, Fasano. How lovely it would be. How heartwarming. How significant it would be if Jim Beheim took that opportunity to say, guys, this is it for me. I'm announcing my retirement. It is time to move it forward in the Syracuse men's basketball program. At least, Alex Fasano, one can dream. <laughs> one can dream indeed, Ben. But always remember, not just a football school, not just a basketball school. Syracuse is in everything school so shout out to all the cute field athletics hockey, lacrosse all of it yeah. field hockey soccer let's go boys both men's and women's lacrosse True. ranked all right let's, enough about the orange let's get into it right, guys right, it's right, the right. producer picks right here in this segment now ben march men this isn't the only thing going on in march we also got hockey the playoffs are about to start in a couple of weeks we still got about 20 games left in the season so tomorrow this game is not yet posted but tomorrow the islanders are on the slate i will be there it's a 12 30 start i'll be there at 9 a.m I don't care if they're going to lose three games after this or five games after this. I have faith that place is going to be rocking at noon on a Saturday. Give me the Isles money line tomorrow. It's funny. The NHL, it's like the East is like the West in the NBA. There's four points that separate yeah. four teams looking at the wild card race. So it's pretty crazy. Don't, guys, hockey is still going on. So give me the Isles tomorrow. We'll see what line that is uh, when it gets posted. But I don't care. Give me the Isles at home. Packed in the wild card race. Faz also stacked at the top in talent. The Boston Bruins... Another win last night, 100 points over the 100-point mark for the Bees this year on a record pace already. All right, Faz, take us through the final two producer plays to enter the weekend. 
Yeah, I'll let that one slide. I'm not really trying to talk a lot of Boston here. All oh, those Bruins, they irk me. Still only there's, eight losses on the year. The Yet NHL. to lose double. Di- I, I know, they're the best team. But hey, team that wins the Presidents doesn't win the Stanley Cup. All right, let's get into it. The second producer pick, our guy Andrew Bacigalupo. Northern Illinois, he's going to oh, five and a half spread here. I took them at four and a half uh, yesterday. What was it, four and a half yesterday they were a favorite? Oh, I'm thinking of South Alabama. I get my games all confused. It's yeah. the madness in March. Right. He's riding with Northern Illinois. And hey, guys, Jesse Metzger, our graphics producer, taking the Knicks plus uh, minus three, excuse me, as the favorite. They're on a seven-game win streak. I think it's a producer sweep here. We'll find out tomorrow if my aisles hit. You really got to hope so, Faz. I like you giving us the future perspective for the Isles. Northern Illinois, a four-and-a-half-point favorite currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. We look at Major League Baseball up next, live right here on the Morning App. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Spring training continues in Major League Baseball as we now enter the first Friday in the month of March. When baseball comes around, hope springs eternal for a new season in 2023 and the World Baseball Classic getting started next week as well. A ton to discuss here as we get ready for a new season in MLB live on this Friday on the morning after. I am Ben Stevens. We are very pleased to welcome on our MLB insider here on the Sports Grid Network, the host of Fantasy Sports Today, the host of Newswire as well, a man that wears many hats, Craig Mish, joins us here on this Friday on the morning after. Craig, long time no talk. Glad to have you here on TMA to preview a new season in Major League Baseball. Oh, it's great to be with you here, Ben. Thanks for having me. Can't wait to get into it. Baseball, we got college basketball, a lot of fun NBA playoffs, hockey, my gosh. March, great month to be on the grid that's for a sure. great great month on the sports calendar craig is spring training has now been going for about a week's time in florida and in arizona we have seen some new additional pieces to the way the game is played at the major league level one of the biggest changes we have seen from last season to this the pitch clock debuting at spring training there are larger bases they have banned the shift in mlb as well Craig, what do fans of Major League Baseball need to know about these rule changes as they get ready for 2023? Well, I think, as I've said, that the in-person viewing experience is going to be fantastic this year. I really do think that, Ben, because I think that most people, when they attend to uh, you know, a baseball game, you're still going to get all the action. You're still going to get all nine innings in. You're just going to get a lot of that downtime eliminated to me so yeah I mean obviously there'll be a hiccup or two as as we get ready to start we've seen some of that in spring training but you know to me I think if you notice the people who are talking about the hiccups are the people who are doing it from their phone watching television and not actually kids I think that this is a great idea park in uh, three hours or less then I think that we will take that for sure and I don't think there's any question that moving forward at least for me uh, I'm curious to see how the shift works. I'm curious to see how the extra, uh, you know, having the extra inches on the bases work. But thus far, there really haven't been any hiccups with that. I think the pitch clock has gotten the most attention. Yeah, the pitch clock certainly has received the most attention as spring training games have been going for about 
a week now. Craig, in terms of the format of spring training starting maybe just slightly earlier than we are accustomed to in Major League Baseball because of the World Baseball Classic, what effect do you think that has on the preparations for a new Major League Baseball season? Yeah, I mean, I don't think much, Ben. I think that for the most part, what you're seeing is every pitcher who is participating in the Classic is getting a couple starts in before they go to their teams, uh, you know, their international teams. Now, also keep in mind that there are serious restrictions as far as how often and how long these pitchers can even go into the game. And as far as the hitters are concerned, it doesn't really seem like there'll be a disruption, at least for me, Ben. And also keep in mind when they come back, there's still a couple of weeks to go. So I do think the World Baseball Classic is going to be fantastic. I think you're going to see the biggest stars in the game participating, playing against themselves, playing on their own team, playing against teammates. And you know, it's, it's certainly something we haven't seen in a long time, so I'm looking forward to it. Team USA's roster is absolutely stacked, but the Dominicans roster, oh boy. It's like an all-star league playing against the rest of the world. All right, Craig, let's preview the 2023 Major League Baseball season by looking at the divisional favorites right now in both the AL and the National League as well. The favorites to win the American League Central, the Guardians, with a plus 145 price. In an absolutely sacked American League East, the Yankees are the slight favorites at plus 110. The reigning World Series champs, the Astros, an odds-on favorite to win the AL West. Over in the NL, the Central Division, the Cardinals, an odds-on favorite, a minus 130 price. The National League East is also stacked. The Braves plus 135 as the short favorites there. And the Dodgers, an odds-on favorite to win another National League West divisional crown. Craig, a two-part question as we look at those divisional races. First, which divisional title do you think is most up in the air entering 2023? Yeah, I, I think there are a couple, but I, I think we could start with the American League Central, the one of the first ones that we discussed there. Uh, you know, I personally don't really love the way the White Sox are headed, and the Guardians are a team that's built on pitching, but not a strong payroll. So you know that their depth is going to be questioned. I kind of like the Twins, uh, Ben, in this spot. I think the Twins have a real chance this year to take a bigger step forward. You're getting a little plus, I think, going into that situation. And again, the Tigers, you know, after firing their general manager last year and going through this five-year rebuild that never really happened, I think the Tigers are sort of, uh, you know, on the, on the outside looking in. And then, of course, in the NL East, I think it's up for grabs. I think any of those three teams can win it for sure, whether it's the Mets, the Braves, and the Phillies. But I think what the pricing on FanDuel is telling you, they feel the same way. So I don't know that there's a ton of value in that. So, Craig, how good do you think the National League East will be this year? And then what exactly does it mean for those three heavy hitters and the Braves, the Mets, and the Phils in terms of trying to make a run to the postseason? Yeah, I, look, on paper, it looks great. You never know how these things will pan out. Last year, it was great on paper going in. It was even better at the end of the season. You had two teams battling it out for 100 wins in a division, and the Phillies, in the end, were the ones uh, that ended up doing it. So, uh, right now, as it stands on paper, no major issues or injuries for any of these three teams. I still prefer the Braves in this spot. I think that they are constructed extremely well and, you know, have this team that's sort of been together now for a number of years, signing all their guys to long-term extensions and contracts. So, uh, you know, Bryce Harper comes back. That's the obviously the equalizer for Philadelphia. But early on in the season, uh, you know, Braves, at least to me, are the ones that, you know, until they get dethroned, how could you go against them?
Philadelphia has made a ton of offseason acquisitions. The Mets doing the same, adding Justin Verlander and a few others. But the Braves, like Craig said, reconstructed their roster in this way that they've built kind of internally throughout that organization. The reigning World Series champs, the Houston Astros, back and getting ready for 2023. Craig, they are the odds-on favorites, like we shared, to win the American League West, a minus 200 Price, plus 300 to win the American League pennant. The favorites in that market as well. 20 cents ahead of the New York Yankees. And the favorites to make it two consecutive World Series championships as well. Craig, what do you think the outlook is for the Houston Astros in 2023? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, Verlander is gone. They're going to have to get other pitchers to step up with him no longer being there. Hunter Brown is the popular name that we saw a little bit last year that I think has a chance not only to be in the rotation, but to make a big jump. Christian Javier, who has now signed a long-term extension, he could supplant some of that. And then obviously Framber Valdez, who you know is going to be an ace for the first time. We're going to have to see about their pitching. But on paper, Ben, their hitting is as good as any team in baseball. And they made one of the most significant upgrades in baseball too at first base. Yuli Gurriel had a rough year. And then they bring in former MVP, Jose Abreu. So to me, there's no reason to sleep on the Astros even again this season until they go down. Uh, You know, there's really, you know, no no fighting them for me at this point. And especially within the division. I mean, mean, let's be honest, as good as as Texas thinks they are, I I don't see them catching Houston. Yeah, Texas adding Jacob deGrom, of course, a focus this year in the American League West will be on Julio Rodriguez and the Seattle Mariners, who snapped a long postseason drought last year to get into the American League playoffs before falling to the Houston Astros in the divisional round. And elsewhere in the AL West, Craig, we are going to focus a ton on the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Health being a huge factor for the Angels, trying to get back to the postseason for the first time in now nearly a decade. Mike Trout, we hope to have him healthy. And as we look at Shohei Otani, Craig, this could be his final year in Anaheim. Impending free agency next offseason. Craig, ultimately, where do you think Shohei Otani will play his baseball in 2024? Well, how about 2023, Ben? Because that's going to be the question if the Angels are not in this thing at the trade deadline. But if the Angels want to bring Otani back, Ben, don't they have to keep him, I think, through the end of the season? I mean, it's very rare that a team says goodbye to a player at the All-Star break and they end up coming back. It's not unprecedented, but it just you know seems yeah. to be very uh, unlikely. So, look, uh, the, the Mets with the payroll that they've shown are always going to be in play for the big free agents. So I think that you should include them in the conversation. The Dodgers, I, I know, Ben, what's interesting is everyone always assumes that the Dodgers are going to be in play and, and, you know, it's just, you know, right across town, 30 minutes, 40 minutes in terms of drive. But, Ben, it seems to me that the Dodgers, they extend their own guys, but they really don't sign these mega free agents for the most part. Freddie Freeman's like the only one. It's like they're always tinkering with Manny Machado. We'll trade for him. Max Scherzer will trade for him. Trey Turner will trade for him. And then they let them go. So I'm not completely sold that Otani ends up on the other Los Angeles team. I think it could be somewhere else. But again, long way to go until we could predict that. And uh, let me know when the odds are up, and then I'll give you an opinion. Yeah, certainly so. The Dodgers always active ahead of the trade deadline throughout the middle of the summer in Major League Baseball. But a good point there, Craig, in terms of free agency. Shohei Otani, the short favorite to win the American League MVP, plus 220, nearly $5 in front 
of Aaron Judge, the new captain in pinstripes, despite the fact Judge won this award last year after the historic season. 62 long balls, the most in American League history. Craig, quickly here, only a minute left in this segment. As you look at the American League MVP odds, we transition to the World Series odds for 2023. Craig, we talked about the divisional favorites, the pennant favorites. Who is a team you are keeping an eye on that might be a little bit under the radar entering this next season? Yeah, I, I still will go with a 20 to 1 Seattle there, Ben. I don't think they win the division, but I think they'll be all in at that trade deadline, and I think they'll push to go for it. So at least early on, give me my shot with the Mariners this year. I love the value with Seattle. Craig Mish, thank you very much. Fantasy Sports Today starts at 11 a.m. Eastern time following us here on the morning after. Craig, thank you so much for your time. All right, Ben. Have a great day. Major League Baseball about to begin the stretch run of the NBA regular season. We look at the weekend in hoops up next here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. around the association about 20 games left and that number continues to dwindle in the nba to finish out this regular season postseason spots playoff positioning play in tournament opportunities all of that coming to a head around the nba a short slate on a thursday but with a few more key impactful games to look back on and then preview a friday night slate into the weekend around the nba live right here on this friday on the morning after on sports grid i am ben stevens he is evan sideary from basketballnews.com joining us for that courtside report as he does to end out every week here on tma evan as always we appreciate your time here on this friday morning Ben, as always, appreciate the invite. Looking forward to talking to that. So last night, Evan, only four games around the association. But first, the focus was on Dallas as the Mavericks hosted the Philadelphia 76ers. A battle of the two duos that everybody was paying attention to. Joel Embiid ruled in. The line moves slightly. Dallas closes as a three-point favorite. And Dallas gets a seven-point home victory. Covering as the favored side last night in Dallas, despite Joel Embiid going for 35, despite James Harden posting a 27-point, 13-assist double-double. Because, Evan, when you look at the stats last night for the Dallas Mavericks' new backcourt, this is the picture. Luka Doncic, 42 points, 12 assists, a double-double as well. Kyrie Irving adds in another 40-piece with 40 points as well. Evan, as you see the Dallas Mavericks play the way they did last night, is this that sense of optimism that everybody feels about the Mavericks' new backcourt? Yeah, this is the one game we were all waiting for, right? It's the game where Luka and Kyrie both go off simultaneously on the offensive end. We saw it last night, 82 combined points. It's a really good defense in Philadelphia with Joel Embiid, P.J. Tucker, and those guys down low. A really impressive game, but for me, I'm still a little worried long-term about this Mavericks team, Ben, because you need 82 points from Luka and Kyrie to beat the Philadelphia 76ers on a regular night for them. Joel Embiid was not 100%. Obviously, you got a lot of contributions from guys around the team as well, but we saw already throughout this season when Kyrie and Luka played that the record has not been good for the Mavericks so far. It's been an awful lot of pressure on Luka, on Kyrie to put 30, 40 points, and more often than not, they just haven't won games yet. They're 2-4. and four in their last six games with Luka and Kyrie. Maybe they get on the right track with a win like that last night, but 
there's still an awful lot of pressure, in my opinion, on Luka and Kyrie. And for this Mavericks team to make a deep postseason run, you're going to have to have those guys put 35, 40 points every single night to win a seven-game series. That expectation that you saw in the points prompts for Luka Doncic and Kyrie, 32 and a half, 24 in a hook respectively, will be what is anticipated the rest of the way. Yesterday, Evan, here on the morning after, we had Kirk Henderson, the editor-in-chief of MavsMoneyBall.com, and he mentioned the defensive struggles with Luka and Kyrie on the floor at the same time. In this six-game span now, they have given up pretty much on average 122 points per game, 126 last night against Philadelphia. Come postseason, that could be an even bigger issue. Elsewhere last night, Evan, a California clash up in San Francisco, where at the Chase Center this year, the Golden State Warriors have been sensational, even shorthanded, still without Stephen Curry, a 14-point victory at home, or let me do my math a little bit better, a 24-point victory at home for Golden State last night against the L.A. Clippers, 115-91, winning outright, Evan, as a three-point Home underdog. The Clippers were healthy, both Kawhi and PG playing for L.A. So, Evan, what is your main takeaway from the Dubs' big win last night at home? I think the main takeaway for me is actually on the opposite side with the Los Angeles Clippers. I mentioned to you last week, Ben, I was very high on them as an underrated title contender and potentially to win the West with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But I think I underrated the fact that Russell Westbrook and some nights are going to be playing four on five offensively. We saw last night in Golden State, they refused to guard Russell Westbrook about 10 feet away from him, more often than not in most possessions, forcing the shoot or making pass a wide-open shot almost every single time. That was the kind of issues we saw with Russell Westbrook in the latter part of Oklahoma City and Houston, really bad with the Lakers the last 18 months, too. Now you're seeing it in the Los Angeles Clippers, too. I don't know if I – maybe I undersold the fact that Russell Westbrook is a little bit too much of a detriment for this Clippers team some nights because you're going to be seeing the postseason in these winner do-or-die situations in the postseason – you're going to see an awful lot of defense put an awful lot of pressure on Russell Westbrook offensively. Make him take those shots. Make him pass. Make him make those decisions. And you're putting him in a really big workload already in the Clippers. He's playing 30-plus minutes every single game over Terrence Mann, which I don't agree with. I think Terrence Mann should be the starting point guard over Russell Westbrook. Let him be that sixth man. Let him be that microwave scorer because he's taking the ball out of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's hands. And that's to a detriment of this Clippers team. They should be having those two guys have the rock every single time and kind of let Russ play more off ball. But that's been the question throughout his career, Ben, is can Russ play off ball? Can Russ actually adjust? And that's been the question for five, six years now. Russell Westbrook did get the start last night for L.A. 28 minutes registered throughout the game. 3 of 12 from the field, 0 of 5 from deep, only 8 points for Russ. 34 points for Jordan Poole, 19 and 11 in terms of rebounds for Clay Thompson as well. So that big victory for Golden State, Evan, the Dubs have won four consecutive games and they've done so without Stephen Curry. But good news for Golden State, Steph is about to be back, hopefully this weekend, if not, at least in the early part of next week. So Evan, what is the outlook for the reigning NBA champions when Stephen Curry returns to the roster? I think with LeBron James being out for the Lakers, the Warriors now qualify, especially as the defending champions last year. They have that experience that they're going to be the most dangerous seven or eight seed in the playoffs that I can remember. Maybe they get higher than that, but I, if I'm the Nuggets, if I'm the Grizzlies as of the one or two seed, I'm praying that I don't see the Golden State Warriors in the first round because this team, with Stephen Curry back in the lineup, they're going to be great offensively. They've been great all season long with Steph's in the lineup. I think this is a team we saw last night with Jordan Poole. He can go off most nights. Klay Thompson looks 100%, 100% healthy. Draymond Green is back to his old self more often than not. 
this team, I think, can match up very, very well against a Denver, against a Memphis. It can give Phoenix a tough run in a six, seven game series if they want to. This is a team to me in Golden State. You're catching momentum at the right time. They're also a team to me, if you're looking more down the road at potential futures, you can probably get some good value on them too right now, too, because once Steph gets back and they continue to click even more, those odds will probably jump up a little bit higher. Golden State now, because of this four-game win streak in the five spot in a jumbled Western Conference, and their odds to win that West, Evan, like you just mentioned, getting slightly shorter after the big win at home last night. Eight to one entering, now plus 700, the fourth best price. The favorites to win the Western Conference crown, that would be the Phoenix Suns. A plus 230 number for the Suns. And Evan, there's a lot of optimism in the Valley following Kevin Durant's debut just a few nights ago against the Charlotte Hornets. He played 27 minutes. He scored 23 efficient points. Tonight, the Suns on the road in Chicago laying three and a half points. Evan, how do you evaluate Phoenix now that you have seen Kevin Durant finally in a Suns uniform and how he fits into the rotation? This is a very, very scary basketball team. Uh, I'm watching them against the Charlotte Hornets. Of course, the Hornets one of the worst teams in the NBA, but the way that Kevin Durant and Devin Booker played off of one another, how easy it was for them to get those open looks in their favorite spots. That's If you're an opposing defense, that's just pick your poison, and that's something that I'm looking down the road in a few months and saying, how are you going to guard this team for a seven-game series with Devin Booker going for 37 points, with Kevin Durant having a very efficient 23 points in 27 minutes, and he's going to be getting more and more workload as the season progresses on for Phoenix. This is a team to me where I put my financial stake on them. As far as the Western Conference, I did go and put the plus 230 odds on them for the Phoenix Suns to win the West. It's just hard to bet against them right now. They match up very well with Kevin Durant against every single team in the Western Conference. You have Devin Booker playing as a number two option now, which is simply unfair in my opinion. I think Booker is a top 20 player in the NBA. He's a great scorer, and now him being the number two option, it's very hard for me to see a team on the same tier as the Suns when they get fully back and healthy. And Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, those guys can give you 30-plus points every single night. So I'm all in on the Suns. I love them tonight to cover the spread as well. But this is a team to me where I think pretty clearly they're there in the West. Evan, the Suns were playing better basketball even before the acquisition of Kevin Durant. Phoenix has now won 13 of their last 18 games. They are five games above 500 in the four spot in the Western Conference. What a 4-5 matchup we would currently have if the playoffs started tonight. That would be Phoenix against Golden State 23 and a half is that points prop for KD in his second game in a Phoenix uniform the top two in the Western Conference the Denver Nuggets and the Memphis Grizzlies entering tonight Evan Denver holds a five game advantage for that number one spot atop the Western Conference what do you expect out of tonight's matchup in the mile high city between the Nuggets and the Grizz with the way Nikola Jokic has been playing lately, Ben, it's hard to bet against this Denver Nuggets team, and especially with the numbers behind his triple-double mastery. They are undefeated this year when Nikola Jokic is a triple-double. Spanning back to last season as well, they're 28-0 in their last 28 games, and Jokic is a triple-double. I mean, the way he's playing right now, it, it's something we're going to be looking back on in 10 or 15 years and saying we should have appreciated Nikola Jokic more for what he's doing because what he is doing is just simply unique. A guy at seven feet tall, he can run the entire offense for Denver, gives you great numbers every single night offensively. You have an entire system of shooters running around the seven-footer, which is just a very fun offense to watch in the Western Conference. And with Denver, they had, I think this is a really good game for them, especially with no Steven Adams for the Memphis Grizzlies, Ben, where Jokic should dominate inside. I think we see a big game from him, another triple-double, another Nuggets win out of that as well. They're the team to me. If there's one team that can go with the Phoenix Suns, I would say Denver, just based off of Jokic's brilliance this year. But the big question for me, I think they need to answer the, down the stretch, 
is defense. How are you going to be able to guard these elite teams on defense entering the postseason? Because this offense is elite. They can put 130 every single night if they want to, but are they going to be allowing 135 every night on the other end? Jokic minus 110. Minus 110. Favored to record a triple-double tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies. And Evan, the difference this year when Nikola Jokic is probably going to win his third consecutive NBA MVP is the fact that Denver sits atop the Western Conference with a large cushion and will be that number one overall seed come playoff time. So it's about taking that next step once the postseason rolls around. Do you think this current iteration, Evan Sideri, of the Denver Nuggets, led by Nikola Jokic, can finally get to the promised land in an NBA Finals appearance? I would, I would say yes, up until the Kevin Durant trade. I, I just hard for me to bet mm. against the Suns right now with KD on that roster. But this is by far the best chance the Denver Nuggets have of going for a championship this year. You have Aaron Gordon have a career best year. Michael Porter Jr. is fully healthy. Same with Jabal Murray as well. Those guys, those guys can give you 20 to 25 points in any single night if they want to. Nikola Jokic, as we all know, is one of the best players in the NBA. can win his third straight MVP. Michael Malone, a very underrated coach and a really underrated depth unit that they have on the second unit there for the Denver Nuggets as well. This is a very well-constructed team. I think they could definitely make a run in the Western Conference Finals. The question for me is, I don't know if they could be Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. That's, that's still the biggest question for me. We saw in the postseason a couple years ago, the Suns swept this Nuggets team 4-0 on their way to their finals run. I would still go Phoenix here, but I would say in the second tier, pretty comfortably, I would go with the Nuggets with some second-best odds. Now to the Eastern Conference we go. The Celtics, an 11-point favorite at home tonight, Evan, against the Brooklyn Nets. Boston now a half game behind Milwaukee for that number one overall spot in the Eastern Conference. How important is it now, Evan, for Boston to stack up these wins as they try to keep pace with the Bucs at the top? Yeah, I think it's huge. I think it's huge because you see the third tier now is Philadelphia. And they're, I think they're creating a little bit of distance there. I know they lost last night, but I think in the end, they will be the three seed. Cleveland will be the four seed. I would prefer to play Cleveland if I was between, picking between those two teams. So I think with Boston, you want to avoid that two seed and play Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference semifinals. So I think it's a huge game for them tonight. A huge stretch coming for the Boston Celtics, too. I think they win and cover tonight pretty easily against this, this Nets team. They've been great so far with McHale as far as both sides of the court, Mikhail Burris and Cam Johnson, been great two, two pieces for them. But I would go Boston tonight to win big. I think overall Boston gets that one seed in the end, and Milwaukee plays them as a two seed in the Eastern Conference Finals, looking ahead a little bit. But I think overall tonight, I would go Boston winning big. The Nets have lost four straight. The New York Knicks, who you saw there as well, have won six straight. They're jockeying for playoff positioning in the Eastern Conference as well. Evan Sideri, thank you. We round out the show up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Out our two hours together here on this first Friday in March on the morning after on Sports Grid. In fact, we close out this week together live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Thank you for joining us all Friday, all week long around Sirius XM Channel 159, that being the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, and of course, all across the Spiz Grizz network as well. That is Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens, a monumental weekend ahead in college basketball the finale of the regular season at the high major level teams are playing for 
regular season, conference championships, postseason positioning in terms of their seed line in a conference tournament and maybe in an NCAA tournament as well. And on this Friday, the first Friday in March, we have afternoon college basketball in conference tournaments around the country, both in the men's and women's game. It is the glorious month of March on the sports calendar. So before we say farewell and before we say goodbye, it's time for a few college basketball thoughts and maybe even best bets. It is time for Bye Bye Bye. You heard his name yesterday. We say it once again. Dave Connolly, one of the great people behind the scenes here at the Sports Grid Network, gave you a winner. South Alabama, albeit a sweat, South Alabama minus four and a half in their opening game in the Fun Belt Sun Belt Conference Tournament. The Jaguars win 68-61 over App State. Owen White, you cheeky guy, hitting a big three at the end of regulation to help the Jags cover. Today, my good man Dave Connolly tells me Chattanooga, Minus 13 and a half because Jake Stevens, the big man for Chattanooga, has returned. From me, I will offer up a thought on tomorrow's college basketball slate. Alabama has already wrapped up the regular season conference title within the SEC. But Texas A&M is playing some of the best basketball you will find. It's in College Station tomorrow. The Aggies might even be a slight home underdog. Look for Buzz Williams and his team to end the regular season in a big way. Have a glorious weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday on the morning after at 9 a.m. Eastern.